Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing a sermon series I've been given from the book of Malachi. Now, Malachi is a book written to people who have become disappointed, a people who need to remember who they are, a people who need to know what God has done for them. They're asking, does it really change anything belonging to God? I invite you to join us over the next few weeks as we see that it has changed everything and it will continue to change everything. Well, let's dive in, shall we? Let's go. Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 to chapter 4, verse 6. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask... What have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. There will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Now, I know they've just been here, but be prepared. That's the motto, isn't it, of the scouts? Yeah. Be prepared. Was anyone here a scout or a girl guide when they were younger? I was a sea scout uh, down in southeast Kent where I was. One of the ways you can be prepared in the scouts is to carry your DIY survival kit. Uh, in my day, and even this dates me, that involved carrying a film canister around. In fact, I'm sure they made them around Hemel Hempstead back in the day, back in the Kodak days. Uh, inside this canister, you would find uh, everything you'd need in a pinch. Uh, a, sh- a pencil, a pound coin when they were round and they'd fit, uh, a piece of string. Whenever the scout leader asks, you had to show that you'd prepared this kit, you'd bring it out of your pocket. Uh, they would check that the pencil had been sharpened, the string hadn't been frayed, that the pound coin hadn't been spent on the tuck shop. But other than that, we didn't really use it. 
It was one of those activities that just felt like a relic, a relic of a bygone era. Uh, The effort it seemed to be to keep it prepared, it kind of felt a bit of a waste really. At the end of the day, it didn't really change anything. Being prepared didn't really matter. We saw last Sunday evening Malachi's warning. Do you remember that? God is coming. But as I say that, what do you think? I mean, if you're anything like me, uh, you nod. Yeah, that's true. God is coming. You think it's true up here. But in our day to day, you don't really give it much thought. Why bother with how we live now? Uh, It doesn't seem to make much difference, does it? Uh, The evil seem to prosper. The righteous seem to just carry on struggling. I mean, it seems about as useful as my DIY survival kit from my scout days. I mean, the people of Malachi's day, they seem to agree. Have a look at their thinking. Verse 14. You have said, it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? God doesn't care. Belonging to God doesn't change a thing. Why should we bother serving him? It is absolutely futile, the people are saying. But the passage of Malachi that we're in this evening, the last passage of Malachi, says that belonging to God does change things. It changes things both now and in the future. And the point is, be prepared. So firstly... Belonging to God changes things now. There is a distinction in speech. Listen to verses 13 to 16. See if you can see that difference. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. Do you see the difference in speech there? Speaking, it's the main idea of that paragraph. There are those who speak arrogantly, verse 13. When they speak arrogantly, they're speaking against God. They're saying, as we just saw in verse 14, it is futile to serve God. What is the point? Belonging to God, it doesn't change anything. Why should we go around mourning for our sin? What should we be doing here? They're complaining about God. Their words are hardened. They're set in the idea that belonging to him doesn't change a thing. They really believe that belonging to God, that God, he doesn't care. I mean, that's what we've seen, isn't it? All the way through Malachi... The people of Israel really think that belonging to God doesn't make a difference. That belonging to him doesn't change anything. And what's that led to? Well, it's affected their actions. Uh, They're holding back their tithe, just in case. Uh, They're making political marriages, just for their comfort. They're sacrificing poorly and saving the best for themselves. I mean, just think about it. The next page is the New Testament. This sums up the Old Testament. It's a hopeless situation. These people, remember, they're the ones who survived the exile. They're the ones who went into exile and came back again to the promised land. And nothing's changed. The people are still a mess. But, we meet another group, verse 16. You see, there are those who fear the Lord. 
And they speak just as well. What does verse 16 say? They speak or they talked with each other. See, if we've been tracking as we go through Malachi, this is something completely new. We've only ever seen the people as a unity before. One group of people. Chapter 1, verse 1. Israel. The people who returned from exile, the remnant. We've only seen them as a group before. But here we see there is a distinction within that group. There are two groups inside the one. They're split in two. There are those who speak arrogantly against God. And there are those who fear the Lord. It's not like this lot here are having it easier. I'm sure they're still feeling the pinch of the curse on their crops. They're still feeling the pull of a political marriage. The temptation to give a subpar sheep for sacrifice. But what is the big difference between these two groups of people? Is that one fears the Lord and they speak to each other about it. They're saying something different to this lot. Compared to the other bunch, there is a marked difference in the way that they speak. The implication being... They don't say that serving God is futile. Instead of saying that, they encourage each other. And do you see the little notes that Malachi gives us? God hears them. The Lord listened, the Lord heard. And that's calling back to Exodus if you want to track that one down. And their names are written in a scroll. You see, it might seem puny, it might seem absolutely feeble to us, but God hears those who fear him. God knows those who love him and it affects those people's speech. It may only make an audible difference right now but that is a real difference. There is a distinction in speech now. There is a change. There is a difference now. There is a difference between those who fear God and those who are arrogant right now. And right now, in this present day, you will see it in their speech. See, Malachi writing this there and then is helpful for us today. Even though we only have one page between this and the New Testament, there were in fact 400 years after Malachi, 400 more years of waiting for Jesus to come. But knowing that God hears and God listens to those who fear him kept this people going. And it also shows us an amazing truth as well. There is a difference right now. Belonging to God right now does change things. Those who belong to God, they fear him. Those who belong to God have their names written, recorded right now. Those who don't, well, don't. And you see, the people of Malachi's day, they show us that being Jewish doesn't matter. It's not even being the remnant who's come back from exile that matters. Those things just aren't enough. Or to take that to our day, uh, it's not the religious seeming people wearing the dog collars and the long robes and the hats. It's not even those who are in paid church ministries that are the ones who are definitely saved. In fact, as you can see here, those pastors, those vicars, those leaders who speak against God, who openly reject God's ways in their speech, those who don't serve the Lord, they're in a terrible position. We should feel sorry for them. Because it's those who hear, it's those who listen, it's those who fear the Lord... Those who take his word to heart and let it make a difference. Those who speak, who encourage each other to serve the Lord, encourage each other to trust the Lord. They're the ones who will be saved, says Malachi. You'll be able to hear that 
in what they say. So there is a a difference right now, but there'll be an obvious difference, an obvious distinction in the future. See, on the day of the Lord, you will see it. You won't just hear it, you will see it too. Have a look at verses 17 down to chapter 4, verse 3. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. There will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. See, there will be a day when you will see the difference. There will be a day when God will act and change everything. I mean, the word day dominates this section. Starting in verse 17, on the day I act, those who fear the Lord will be saved. They will be spared. They will be God's treasured possession. That phrase there, fulfilling what God said in the Exodus. On that day, verse 18, you will see the distinction. It will be obvious. The distinction between the righteous and the wicked will show itself. The righteous and the wicked, who are they? Well, we get the clarity here. Those who serve God and those who do not. And that day will be a day of heat for all people. Do you see that? It'll be a day of heat for all people, but it will be experienced differently. For the wicked, the heat will burn like a furnace. Uh, The arrogant, the evildoer will get what they deserve. They'll get justice. In fact, they're going to get what the people of Malachi's day have been calling for. Have a look back to verse 15. The complaint there is the arrogant are blessed, the evildoers prosper. That isn't right, the people are saying. It's not right, is it? All the way through the book, uh, the people have been complaining that belonging to God doesn't change anything. They've been saying all who do evil in the eyes of the Lord are good. That God ought to do something about them. What does God say here? Yes, on the day I will. Yeah, there is a shock here. Did you see the arrogant evildoer here? They are in fact those who don't serve God. And what were the people at the start doing? They were the people at the start, weren't they? People of Israel saying it is futile to serve God. The very people who may think that they're exempt are going to find themselves in trouble. Complaining about God's justice, speaking arrogantly is a dangerous place to be. You'll be left with nothing. The day will leave nothing, no roots, no branch. Yet that day of heat will be experienced differently by those who truly belong to God. It will be, verse 2, like a a glorious sunny day. The people will be like well-fed calves, frolicking. Uh, If you haven't seen calves let loose into the sunshine, you're in for a treat. See, cows cooped up all winter, let out when it's sunny. That's when you actually see them move rather than just chewing grass. Cooped up all winter, then experiencing the rays of sunshine, the grass beneath their feet. Happy cows. 
See, on that day, the oppression, the hardship of this world will be ended. The wicked will be trampled under the soles of your feet, Malachi says in verse 4. As a picture of triumph, isn't it, from Genesis chapter 3, finding its fulfilment. There will be a trampling, a treading down. Yeah, I do want to acknowledge that as a stark picture. But it's a stark picture because it shows you the distinction. There is a decision right here, right now to be made between being a happy cow or being an ash on the sole of a foot. The day of the Lord will be a day of heat. It will be a day of burning furnace heat or glorious summer's day farmyard heat. The choice is open. Do you see here the distinction? It's inclusive. Anyone, absolutely anyone can fear the Lord. We're told clearly we're still in the time when people can turn to the Lord and be saved, can serve the Lord, can fear the Lord, can honour the Lord. That people from every tribe, tongue and nation can do that. This is an inclusive offer. Yet it is also exclusive. It is only those who fear, who turn, who serve, who honour God, who will experience that day as a good thing. And Malachi wants to remind us that 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 is the distinction. You see, in Malachi's day, there will be people of Israel who are excluded. There are those who seem religious, yet are excluded. There are those who are the very remnant, who come back into this land from the exile, who are going to be excluded. Who, not a root or a branch, their entirety will be left to them. And it's the same in our day too. You see, truly belonging to God does change things. It will ultimately change things on the day of the Lord. And so Malachi shows us what he intends for his message, verses 4 to 6. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. See, Malachi's big message, it may be about whether God is going to act. Is God ever going to do anything? Is God going to do something about this? But Malachi's purpose, his intention in his whole book, is for the hearers to act. I'm at the stage now where I start to shout up the stairs. You know what I mean? A parent shouts up the stairs, don't they? The kids are making noise. That's it! I'm coming up the stairs! See, I've got it down. If you were to just take from that, I'm coming up the stairs, well, that'd be a truth, wouldn't it? If you were to take God saying God's coming as a truth, well, it'd be a truth, that's about it. But what is the point? The point is that God's people should act in response. Like the squabbling children refusing to clean their rooms, you'd hope they stop and start hygiene. What does that look like? Well, it looks like being prepared. It looks like being a good scout. Being prepared, as Malachi says in verse 4, it looks like remembering. Now, remembering is more than reading. Remembering is taking action. It is putting things into practice. Remember the Pentateuch, the start of the Bible, the law of Moses. Remember the message that we saw there, the hope that there was in the one who's going to come. Malachi says, trust, trust in him. Look forward to the promises in the law of Moses. And it's going to look like looking for another prophet to come. Elijah, verse 5, the one who will prepare the people for God's coming. 
Malachi's message is be prepared. Don't be caught sleeping. I mean, you only have to turn the page over to see many who you would think should be prepared but not being prepared. Uh, the religious seeming leaders, they show themselves to not be prepared for Jesus' coming. In fact, we know who Elijah was. John the Baptist, when he was born, his dad decided he's going to uh, quote Malachi, riff off Malachi, to see if you notice the similarities here. Luke 1, 76, 79. And you, my child, John, will be called a prophet to the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven and make cows happy, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Jesus said, this John is this Elijah from Malachi. And some people did act because of his message. We're going to see that this Christmas time. But it leaves us here this evening with a question. What will we do? Will we act so it can be hard, can't it? Eighth birthday. Don't know how many hours we put in serving in this church. Sometimes not being noticed. Sometimes feeling, well, that wasn't worth it. No one turned up. Anything else? It'd be crazy, wouldn't it, to think, to ask, is serving God actually worth it? It'd be even crazier to ask it now in light of what has happened in the past. It'd be crazy for us not to act ourselves, to hear the call of Malachi. God is coming. The faithful of Malachi's day were prepared for his coming. We should be the same. How? Well, by fearing the Lord, by serving the Lord, by talking, speaking to each other, by listening to God's word, putting it into practice, encouraging, spurring one another on. Let's be that, shall we, as a church? Let's commit to being that into our ninth year as Christchurch Hemel. And what better way to do that now than to pray? Let's take some time in our group, shall we, to pray that that would be the case. Thank you so much for listening. Any feedback or questions can be sent to podcast at david-couch.com and I'll catch you again next time.